This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, June 8th, and today we're going to be looking ahead to Game 3 of the NBA Finals, Wednesday night, and rounding up some recent news and rumors from around the NBA, including the latest on DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, and others. We'll look at the fantasy impact, or lack thereof, of that news. And to do this, I'm joined by Dr. A and Ryan Knaus, who, moments ago, right before we came on this show, revealed... Something that kind of surprised me. Now, Steve, as you know, we were talking. You guys were like, Matt, you know, I, I showed up a few minutes before this. I was like, guys, I was just sorry. I was trying to eat a hot bowl of soup. I was like, I don't know why I did that, but I was trying to eat some lunch and I chose soup. I'm not sure why. And Ryan, you revealed you also chose soup. But then you added something really unexpected. You said something I've literally never heard before. He said it was so hot. Same deal for me. I didn't have time to finish it. So I just poured some milk in it and I chugged it down. <laughs> Ryan, this is an unheard of turn of events. Please explain yourself, sir. It's a, that's an accurate summation of what happened. Uh, I, I will defend myself by saying that this was a potato leek soup. So it's kind of cream-based okay. already. I added whole milk. There wasn't a, a skim situation. All right. But hey, I needed to happen quickly. It was I wasn't Steve running barefoot to a, to a golf course today, but uh, it was close. I, I had to... Yeah, I needed, I needed to get some food in me, and the kids were having soup right. for lunch, so that means I was too. It's sad that I like to make fun of people who eat a lot of soup, yet I am possibly the most out-of-shape <laughs> person that I know because I only eat uh, crap. So I should really look into eating more soup, especially uh, especially at my advancing age. But, See, Matt, I mean, it's pretty cool. It reminds me, I, I told you guys, envisioning ryan pouring milk into a bowl of soup and then just picking the bowl up and chugging <laughs> sucking that Got the bowl right here <laughs> sucking that chetty pill down uh yeah. reminds me a little bit of sly stallone uh cranking cranking those raw eggs and rocky man you know uh, yeah the fact that's a cream-based soup i do think you know it, it forgives forgives the maneuver a little bit and i do want to say you bring up steve running to the car barefoot i think the only thing that could have made that better is if he was trying to chug a bowl of hot soup like while he did that <laughs> the only thing he had in his house was a bowl of potato leek soup and he's trying to dump it into his face as he runs the golf course that's fun, what I fun fact after i after i hit my tee shot i sat down in the golf cart first time that i was able to relax in like at least 11 minutes and i look at my buddy i'm like Dude, do you have a water? Do you have anything that I can drink right now? Like, I need something to drink so bad. And uh, I was pretty much, uh, it was about two holes before the cart girl showed up. All right. Wow. Well, I feel like we learned something here. I don't know what it was, but um, I, th I do think we learned something. Steve's uh, eating more soup after this, so something came yeah, out of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's just after 12 p.m., Steve. I feel like it's it, we're almost, you know, at 
peak it's soup almost, time. So almost breakfast time for me. <laughs> hey, uh, last night I, I was there. Were, there was really no sports on television last night, so I I was got a little little loose and went back and was watching our uh, NBA draft shows from years oh, past. Wow. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I think I, I just wanted to see like what did I do in 2019, and I drafted uh, Luca with my first pick. Shocker. Shocking, I know. Uh, and then with my second pick, I did a free throw punt okay. and took Ben Simmons. Oh, wow. Which I found very ironic because I've been the number one uh, He-Man Ben Simmons anti-guy for a while now. But there was a time when I loved Ben Simmons, and I took him with the second pick in, in, a, in my draft. We were all in Stanford, sunny Stanford, Connecticut for that. Sunny Connecticut. were the days. Oh, what a memory. Well, all right. Guys, as promised, I think we need to talk, before we get to this news, we're going to talk about Game 3 of the NBA Finals, which is coming up on Wednesday night. The Celtics are three-and-a-half-point favorites, according to points bet. Let's go very open-ended here, Ryan. What are you watching for in Game 3? That is open-ended. Uh, I'm looking to see if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can get going. I think yeah. uh, the Celtics came away with a win on the road. They stole home court advantage. That's great. But their two best players, Jalen Brown shooting 37.5% in the series, Jason Tatum, 30.6% crazy. And for them to come out of those two games with a victory, they have to feel really good about it. Um, you know, obviously game two got away from them, but I think the Celtics defense has shown that if they can, keep Steph under wraps it's not a given that anyone else on the Warriors is going to beat them Clay is in a wicked shooting slump Jordan Poole struggled in game one before getting a little bit going but yeah now it's easier said than done obviously and the Celtics have shown a hesitance to blitz Steph because he's so good at beating it with his passing and all that but I think we might see some of that I think the Celtics defense will trap blitz whatever it takes to get the ball out of Steph's hands uh, or at least I think they should. So that's something I'll be looking for. And then, right, can they get Jason Tatum in particular really cooking? He was going early in game two, but then uh, the Warriors defense solved that riddle. Uh, Jason Tatum, I think, is the key to this whole thing. I feel like the, the Warriors are a better road team than the Celtics. I feel kind of feel like whoever wins uh, game three tonight at Boston is going to win the series. And I've picked the Golden State Warriors to win this series. Therefore, I've got the Warriors winning tonight. They can trap and try to shut down Steph Curry all they want. I think we might, you know, if they if that happens, we're going to have a pool party, and I love pool parties. Tatum, 11 for 36 in the finals so far. Can Al Horford and Marcus Smart bounce back? Because one key factor in that game two loss, that 107-88 loss, was Horford and Smart each only mm. had two points on a combined... Two for 10 shooting with seven turnovers, which seems bad. So, you know, Horford, who's been great, uh, was was virtually invisible in that game, too. Uh, as I know, because I told Steve this the other day, uh, Ryan, the order in which the players scored determined my hometown fantasy football league draft order. We pulled wow. the starting five out of a half. That's that's elaborate. Okay. Not how many points <laughs> they scored. Not who's, who's first first when first. they scored. I was okay. typing fast and furiously so as not to have to A, rewatch the game or B, go into the play-by-play -play later. So I was like, hmm. Andrew Wiggins, Marcus, yes. Anyways, <laughs> I had Al Horford pull um, randomly out of a hat and he was the 10th player to score. Yeah. I can tell you that for a fact. Fun fact about Al Horford is 
in between that monster game he had, which seems like weeks ago at this point, maybe it was weeks ago, uh, and now he has turned 36 years old. He is officially an old man, ancient in basketball yeah. terms. Are we going to see Al Horford do anything for the rest of the series? I don't know, man. I, I think he might be. It might be over. You're saying he's. You're saying he oh. went over the cliff in, in the last few days. <laughs> Happy I birthday, mean, retire. He turned 36, and now he's done. So that's like what? Wait, didn't Chris Paul have a birthday in the playoffs, and then? Wasn't heard from again. This is kind of spooky. Wait a second. Hey, Let me double check that. Go didn't ahead and talk you used to be Al Horford? It's a series of adjustments. I mean, the, the Warriors gave him zero space. You know, he was getting wide open threes in game one, and they found him in transition for one thing. They limited penetration, and when the Celtics did penetrate, the kickouts weren't quite there like they were in game one. So those wide open opportunities were non-existent so that's another thing to look for is can the celtics get that consistent triple penetration and kick because the, the the warriors will cheat on that a lot and collapse and crowd the paint leaving open those spray out passes but uh, in game two they did a great job of shutting them down as you mentioned al horford marcus smart two points five turnovers he needs to be substantially better than that especially because peyton pritchard good as he is is an undersized guy who the warriors will hunt for that matchup defensively every single time yeah, Chris Paul was pretty quiet after that 37th birthday on May 6th, for whatever that's worth. Probably worth nothing, but I mean, put it out there. I'm just saying. I just study birthdays. Yeah, you're a big, I, you've always been a big birthday guy. Not, not so much, you know, not so much the age, but the birthday itself. You're big on the birthday itself. Well, yeah, and the song. I mean, what's the most popular song in history? Happy birthday, right? That's a great point. Come on. That's a great point. All right, so game three coming up uh you guys ready to get into some news and rumor and what all that means absolutely okay let's start in phoenix where the number one pick from 2018 deandre aden is as we know hitting restricted free agency and signs lately are pointing to him potentially leaving town now as we said the other day according to the athletic and this was i believe via john hollinger it's more likely than not at this point, according to Hollinger, that Aiton is gone. This is, having read the story, I think it's, you know, this is Hollinger's reading of the situation after talking to some people around the league. So doesn't mean Aiton is gone. It just feels a little bit like it's trending that way. Also, according to The Athletic, the Pistons are one option. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this whole Aiton situation? And we can widen it out from Detroit. I think my question yeah. to you is, do you agree it seems like, uh, putting the Suns out of this, that a move for Aiden could actually only be a good thing for fantasy because it feels a little bit like we've seen kind of a not maddening fantasy player, but a guy who I think we all look at him and say, can't this guy do more? So maybe a move yeah. I mean, could only unlock more of his healing, right? For sure. It, it, the idea of Aiden particularly going to Detroit, and I, I feel like he could feast there. So that gets my mouth watering yeah. as a fantasy manager a sign and trade with jeremy grant going to phoenix give, giving mm -hmm. phoenix a wing defender you know all that stuff uh i think that makes potential sense in reality depending how much else detroit's willing to give up in fantasy as you alluded to it's a gold mine potentially i mean aiden yeah. is a guy who's had second round value per game he's durable he did miss the 25 games due to suspension but like health wise he's been on the court more often than not uh, he's a really good jump shooter. Like offensively, he's not a black hole. You can 
play through him on the post if you need to. Mm -hmm. uh, he's incredibly efficient around the rim, obviously. A good rim defender. He won't get played off the court and when teams go small most of the time. So I think in reality, whether it's Detroit or somewhere else, it can only get better. I mean, he's coming off a season with a career low in playing time. His usage has kind of flatlined right around 20%. Yeah. His block rate plummeted last year to 2.1%. There were 10 guys in the league that had double that or better. If he's in Phoenix, I'm not touching him until I think you guys in the previous pod settled on like early fourth round. Mm -hmm. That seems fair. But if he goes to somewhere like Detroit, suddenly second round is in play. It's going to be interesting to see if a move. I think he's gone. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any yep. way he's back in Phoenix. And a change of scenery is hopefully exactly what this guy needs. I just. I, I think it could be. It could backfire on all of us. Say he ends up with the Magic or the Pistons, and like Ryan said, it's a mouthwatering situation. We're like, oh man, give me some DeAndre Eight, and then we go and draft him in the second or third round. And then he's still DeAndre Ayton. Um, <laughs> then, then, then we have a problem. But, but the nice thing about guys changing teams is, you know, getting traded or not being sought after by your old team leaves a huge chip on your shoulder. And some guys use that as motivation and turn their career around. Other guys just keep, um, you know, wading through mediocrity. It's going to be real interesting to see what Aiden does. It's also going to be very interesting to see where he ends up because if you had DeAndre Aiden to a team like Portland, I think they automatically become a, mm. a better team. Um, I think there's several teams out there that are going to have enough cap space to look at him, and and he's going to make their team better. Maybe if he goes to the Pistons and we, we team him up with, with Cade Cunningham, the Pistons are suddenly – not so much rebuilding anymore and actually playing for something, but um, it's it's a big story that he's not going back to Phoenix, and, and I can't wait to see where he ends up. If the height of frustration with DeAndre Ayton is what he did last year, which is like 17 points, 10 rebounds, 0.7 steals, and 0.7 blocks, we know he can do more. He turns 24 in July. We've seen him do more. I mean, we would all agree there's a probably a 20 and 10 guy in there somewhere. I mean, he's never going to be, I don't think, a dominant shot blocker or anything, but he can mm. be a guy who can get one to 1.5 blocks. So also, by the way, remember, Aiden was a guy who we have talked about for years as potentially, and Phoenix has talked about him potentially adding three-pointer, the three-pointer to his arsenal on a regular basis. And when I mean, we've seen centers do that in the past. So could that happen in a new city? I, I wouldn't be banking on that, but that's just another possibility yeah. uh, to keep an eye on if he goes to a new team and they're like, okay, all right, big fella cast away from deep uh, well you know ben, ben ben simmons is adding a three-point shot to his oh, oh he Matt. i don't know if you okay. heard about that oh, okay it's coming I, soon i've heard a little bit about that it's coming some soon. rumblings all right well we'll move on that's obviously one of the big storylines we're watching throughout this offseason new lakers head coach darvin ham has made a couple of headlines pertaining to his big name stars and we'll start with russell westbrook this is from our latest blurb on nbc sports edge from earlier this week uh, it says Lakers head coach Darvin Ham said he's had conversations with Russell Westbrook on what he expects his role to be with this team, and sacrifice has been the central theme. So, Steve, I mean, this should all go fine, right? This should be fine. Nothing to see here. It'll all Everything is fine. Everything's fine. Just it's fine. Um, well, it was also breaking news that Russell Westbrook showed up to Darvin Ham's press conference to support him. I don't know, man. I mean, what is Russell Westbrook doing in Los Angeles in the first place? I, I don't. 
Good luck, Darvin Ham. Uh, you've got your hands full there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to watch the HBO or the yeah the HBO documentary about this Lakers losing losing time, Fifth, losing oh, wow. time Tough. twenty Tough. coming to you in twenty twenty nine. There's a lot of Anthony Davis talk. There's a lot of of Russell Westbrook talk. I may have jumped the gun. We'll get Throwing. to AD. AD out there, but just as far as Westbrook goes, man, I mean, he's got to have more of a minimal role there. You got to let LeBron and AD have the ball in their hands and get Russell Westbrook just out there with the second unit and dominate the second unit. That would be a good role for him. Like Ham alluded to Westbrook needing to play off ball more and things, and I'm like, that's well and good, and he can crash the boards in that way and be a pest offensive rebounding and such, but I don't know how great he is off ball i mean this is a guy who has thrived throughout his career at yeah. physicality penetration like these are his strengths just putting him off ball he's not a spot-up shooter he's not a catch-and-shoot guy so right. right i don't know how much that really helps things uh and then he of course exhorted him to be a defensive menace and all that good luck uh fantasy wise yeah. may- maybe the steals are there but man his athleticism is declining his body's beat up he's got like 16 different knee surgeries over the course of his career I'm saying absolutely. I mean, this is probably the third year I'll say this, but nowhere near him in fantasy. Like, I wouldn't even draft him, I don't think, if he was there in round 11 in a nine-cat league. Points points league's different. I wouldn't touch him anywhere. What about you guys? Yeah, feeling similarly. I I just like how, first, how Darvin Ham's like, we need to get that Russell Westbrook guy in more spot-up situations. I've been (laughs) been Be someone you haven't been through your entire career. Then it'll be fine. I mean, yeah, as you said, points leagues, different story. My dog feels very strongly about this. He averaged 18.7 rebounds, seven assists last year, basically, but also a career low 1.0 steals per game. His lowest scoring average, those 18 per game, his lowest scoring average since 2009-10, his second year in the league. The third year in the last four, he's shot 67% or less from the free throw line. Throw in, what was it, almost four turnovers per game for Westbrook. I mean, you're in a big trench in two categories potentially i know we always talk about punting free throws and and how that's feasible i guess i mean that's the thing right in a perfect world if you knew westbrook had more volume you could say all right well i'm gonna build my team this way but i mean now we're talking about a guy who's not only aging but you know may have less volume from that so it's there's a certain point where it's just truly not worth it steve well and you know last year he was like I think my reputation precedes me. I can, I can do this. I can do whatever I want. I'm Russell Westbrook. And I feel yeah. like, I feel like now he's kind of like rethinking that whole thing. And like, I'm about to get run out of yeah maybe Los Angeles and maybe the entire league if I don't chill. So sacrifice. Sure. Maybe I'll, I'll do whatever Darvin ham asked me to do, but I mean, like Ryan said, I, I'm not touching him in fantasy unless it's at the very end of my draft. And really, like like we said earlier, the Lakers really need to just put him in the second unit, let him yeah. run against mediocrity and see what he can do. By the way, you know, I'm a big birthday guy, Matt. Um, yep. Russell's birthday is November 12th, and he will be 34, 34 yeah. years old. Wow. That That's is it. a magic number. There's another area of concern. I mean, we, which we already kind of touched on. All right, let's move to the aforementioned Anthony Davis. Darvin Ham said this about Anthony Davis. He said, I think he's the key. We've all seen what can happen when he's healthy and playing at a high level and in rhythm. We saw it in the bubble, his skill set, the bubble. That was 
a minute ago. His skill set, his size, his versatility, his defensive acumen, his relentlessness, his ability to give multiple efforts defensively is key. It's going to be the foundation of the type of standard we set in the Darvinham era. It's going to be built on that defense, and he's going to be the main piece, the centerpiece of it. Okay, so no sacrifice here, obviously. And, I mean, the thing about AD is he still got it when healthy, obviously. I mean, in his 40 games played this year, Ryan, he was basically 23 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.2 steals, 2.3 blocks. There is absolutely an elite fantasy player in there when healthy. The games played, though, as we know, the last four years, 56, 62, 36, and 40 will play all of this upcoming season at age 29. So where unlike Westbrook, there is a point where I think Anthony Davis is an absolutely worthwhile guy to take in fantasy drafts, in my opinion. Where is that line for you, Ryan, or approximately where is that line? Uh, that's a tough question because, I mean, you nail on the head is just health for AD. Can he stay on the court? We know what he can do fantasy-wise. We saw flashes of it again last season. But if you drafted him, you probably were incredibly frustrated because once again right. – missing tons of time injuries left and right and i mean he says all the right things you get the sense that he's doing all the right things he doesn't seem like he's slacking in his rehab or anything like that mm -hmm. he's just kind of injury prone if they're going to play him at center that means he has to bang with the biggest dudes in the league every right. single night which starvin ham said he wants to play four out one in ad at center you know he's going to have to defend in space constantly he's going to be involved in every pick and roll taking hits like it's just a lot to put on him and I've, I'm not sure, I mean, based on what we've seen, I don't think uh, that his body can hold up to it. So fantasy-wise, I mean, you got to discount him like 20 games, basically. And then mm. where, where does he fall then? Third round. Now, he's a league winner guy. So potentially, if you draft him in round two, that's an absolute steal and you win your league. Um, right. So it's just a calculated risk. Um, I, I, one that I'm not necessarily comfortable taking, maybe in the second round, would be where I'd, where I'd peck him. Yeah, Steve. He just turned 29. His birthday was, yeah. uh, of course, on March 11th, <laughs> as you all know. If the age check, we need um, Just turned it's 29. Birthdays. So that's good. I mean, he's south of 30. I like that. Matt, you only read his last four years of games played. And, and the key to that being 40 last year, 36 the year before. Yeah. But if you look all the way, all the way down the list, it's, it's 60s, well, a couple 70s. There were a couple seventy fives in there before the before the sixty fifty six or whatever it was. There were a couple seventy fives. There were yeah. two, and those were both. Um, those were both great. But yeah. I, I just feel like even his nickname is AD, right? But his other nicknames include Game Time Decision, uh, Locker Room, mm -hmm. and Street Clothes. So if that if those are your nicknames, uh, for me. The most important fantasy category of all is is availability and playing games. And if you if you draft a guy in the second or third round and he he's sitting out one game a week, I, yeah. I mean that's that's not that's not doable. It doesn't work for me. I am not touching Anthony Davis. No, I mean I think that those are well put on both sides of the argument there because I can. I can see myself getting tempted, like you said, Ryan, in the second round. But then I'll hear mm -hmm. Steve, a little tiny Steve, on my shoulder wearing a birthday Cranky hat. Cranky old me, man. Wearing a birthday, wearing a party hat, birthday hat, uh, telling me, don't do it, Matt. Do not do it. And I Dude, think, what are those things called? Yeah. Those things you blow the and they, they, they roll Wait, out? No, the, no, the kazoo is the, a kazoo has no moving parts, if I'm not mistaken. This thing the blows. The party, like, 
Yeah, the party horn rolls out might be the term. Party party horn. horn. I kind of picture like an air horn more when I hear party horn. Like, but yeah. just an air horn to signal that the party's underway. We'll never know, and there's no way to find out what that is called. The thing that you. <laughs> hey, do you remember when I googled it? It could be known as a party horn, a party blower, a party pipe, a party elephant, a party blower, a party whistle, <laughs> or a birthday kazoo. Going with birthday kazoo. Party pipe. So you're right. A hundred percent party pipe. Do That's they still <laughs> do they still make party pipes? Hard to get your hands on. What I want to do here, Matt, do no you remember politics. when? Yeah. Do you remember when Santa Doc showed up to a podcast? I think for maybe our live draft show, I will I will come with a party horn and maybe a, a pointy hat and a birthday mm-hmm. cake. <laughs> and before you draft any of your players, I'll, I'll tell you what their birthday is. I love it. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. More to come. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. And this is just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go and download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs on the PGA Tour and NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. All right, guys, next item on our agenda is the Utah Jazz, where, as you know, head coach Quinn Snyder is out he's gone he's departing and we have a blurb on NBC sports edge that the utah jazz are willing to discuss trades for rudy gobert this is according to tony jones of the athletic but have declined inquiries about donovan mitchell with a firm no now take that however you want to it's sounding for now like mitchell might stay obviously that could be subject to change it's a long off season but for now let's focus our attention on the guy who appears to be blatantly available that's gobert steve I know you would love to see him go to the Dallas Mavericks. Is that is that the case? Absolutely. But can they can Dallas get him? Uh, do they have enough money to get him? They're they're mm-hmm. pretty tied up in the cap. Really, yeah. I feel like Dallas is just gonna try to tread water for two years, and then like twenty twenty four is is when their money clears the books, and they'll be able to go after a big name because 
I mean, it, to me, if they could, if they have enough money to go get Rudy Gobert, why isn't uh, DeAndre Ayton in talks to go to Dallas? Because if one thing is abundantly clear, it's that Dallas needs a big man. So if Dallas can pull it off and, and do a, a trade to get um, Rudy Gobert, I think that would be huge because Luca just needs somebody to play with, somebody to rebound the ball besides him. So I, I'd be all for it. We've also heard Charlotte being kicked around. I think any way you slice it, the Rudy Donovan Mitchell rift has been there since since you know the the pandemic started, and it's never gone away. And it's mm-hmm. interesting to me that they have tied their their uh, buggy and their cart to Donovan Mitchell, and they're like, okay, Rudy's gone, Donnie's staying. But I, I love Donnie Mitchell, so I, I, I'm good with it. Yeah, I, I, I think Go. I mean, Gobert has to be gone, right? That this pairing isn't working. It's collapsed two straight years in the postseason. They clearly don't love. I don't know about each other personally, but they definitely don't love playing together. Uh, Gobert right. has complained publicly about wanting to be more involved offensively. Which good luck with that, no matter where he goes. Yeah. Uh, I looked into it real quick. He attempted 508 total shots last season. What percentage of those shots, guys, do you think were within five feet of the hoop? So of his 500 plus shots, how many, what percentage were within five feet? 508, did you say? Yeah, but just give me a percent. Like, do you think it was, what percentage 96, of the shots? 96. Oh, yeah, you were even closer. It was 93.1. Okay. And outside of five feet, he was a combined nine of 35 from the field. He just has absolutely zero offense. I want a super cut of yeah. those shots. And he I mean, he can come out and set screens and so forth. But my point being, he's he's so limited in what he can do yeah. offensively that in a league like this where you see, listen, this is an all-time great defender. And yet in the playoffs, he gets hunted because teams go extra small, draw him out to the perimeter, where suddenly he's at his weakest and he looks, you know, he's chasing guards as they run as they scurry past him. So it's tough to sell me on a max contract big man who has extreme flaws in his game offensively and can potentially be exploited defensively, which is his greatest strength that you're going to like build a team around him and lock up as Steve said with the Mavs, like it's a huge chunk of their salary cap that would be committed to that. So it's tough. Uh, There's rumors that Chicago might get involved. I know Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report floated um, a package of Vucevic and Patrick Williams. That's quite interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's, you guys know how old uh, Gobert is? Steve, you get that birthday pulled oh, up? Oh, man. I know, but I want to know. I want to know if you have his <laughs> birthday. Dang. Nearby. No, I don't have it pulled he's, up. He's, he's turning 30. He's turning 30 this month. And mm-hmm. he's, I mean, he's a more than $40 million player moving forward. Yeah. You know, it's huge. Real life wise, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. I've seen so many like Hawks, you know, on the athletic, uh, you know, talk of, oh, the Hawks could package Capella and so and so for Gobert. And I'm just like, why? 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 You know, Gobert is is more productive than Capella. But I mean, it's it's a it's just another traditional big man. You're upgrading maybe slightly. I just and taking on more salary. Okay, we don't need to talk about that. Anyways, fantasy wise, though, I think the point here for me is. I don't think there's going to be a lot of change in Gobert's value, Ryan. Would you agree with that? I mean, it, it just, he's probably not getting that, you know, increased role that he wants. It's probably like this, a similar blueprint. So at least we can bank on that for the foreseeable future. 
fully endorse that. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's not like he's going to have a sudden spike in blocks and block five shots a game right. just because he's wearing a different Jersey. And to me, what's going to be important if, and when he changes teams is do they have a point guard? Do they have a team that's going to find him consistently, get him easy looks, something that hasn't happened all the time in Utah, a team like Chicago makes me a little bit nervous. Like, is that a team that's going to have a dominant playmaker who can routinely find him for those easy lobs and putbacks and stuff that he, well, never mind putbacks, but lobs and rolls and so forth that he needs to hit offensively. Charlotte would be awesome for that, obviously. <laughs> One thing that's interesting is I don't have it pulled up because I, I'm terrible about preparing for these shows, but there was a stat out there about how, how seldom it happened that Donovan Mitchell would actually pass the ball to Rudy Gobert, like never passes to Rudy Gobert. So a move, a change of scenery, I think would be good for Rudy Gobert because like you said, he might get a point guard that looks for him, especially like what if he played with Luca man and pick and rolls with Luca would be, would be amazing. But on the other side of that coin, Rudy only shoots it from one feet away from the basket. He's the only player in the league reportedly not learning how to shoot three-pointers. And <laughs> he's still going to be Rudy Gobert no matter where he goes. But you're pairing him with a point guard that will that will use him a little more efficiently than, than Donnie Mitchell and Mike Conley did would be a good thing for his game. I just don't – his fantasy ceiling, I, th- I think we've seen it. We've been there. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, he's never going to, he's never going to be better than, than he's been. Quick note on the Donovan Mitchell assist comment last season for the entire regular season, he was assisted by Mike Conley a hundred times, Donovan Mitchell, only 39 times, which was <laughs> two, two more than Joe Ingles. So Joe Ingles, come on, who come on, Donnie, share the, the ball, man. Yeah, that's not good. Only a hundred from his point guard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it wasn't a good good backcourt for him how old's mike conley he's got to be pushing 46 he's 34 i think 34 he's done Anyone washed 34 washed up the one thing about gobert is and we don't need to linger too much longer you know you were saying he's still going to be rudy gobert like we've seen the ceiling but but i also think it doesn't feel like we're really like that close to the cliff just to just to reiterate that point i mean it's it's like yeah we've seen the ceiling but we also know that he's probably got a few more years left of, of really really solid production. He's a really good fantasy player. All of the real-life flaws yeah. that we talked about don't really apply because we know he's going to be on the floor for whatever team he's on. So that's the good news. All right, final thing here. This is just real quickly on the Blazers. Uh, via a recent column from Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, it mentions Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, and actually Miles Bridges as potential options for the Blazers to pair with Damian Lillard. Ryan, we'll start with you. What do you take away from this, if anything? Do any of these fits especially intrigue you, worry you? Is there anything here that you take away from this? This confuses me more than anything. I'm like, okay, they traded away CJ McCollum for not very much last season. Now they're going to bring in Zach Levine or Bradley Beal, like another shooting guard who needs the ball in their hands and can't defend very well. How is this moving the franchise forward? I have no idea. Yusuf Nurkic is a free agent, I think, unrestricted. So they have absolutely no bigs on the roster as as things stand with guaranteed contracts. Anthony Simons is a restricted free agent. It seems like they should focus on retaining him instead of paying max money to Beal or whatever. But 
What do I know? Uh, Anthony Simons, by the way, Steve, it's his birthday today. So I, th- I thought oh, you would wow. like to know that. <laughs> it's a happy birthday, Anthony Simons. We have Dude, buried the headline. We have buried I, the headline. I <laughs> am going to the store when we're done, and I'm buying a package of party horns, assuming I can find them. I haven't seen one since I was like seven. So I don't even know if they still make them, but <laughs> I'm going to go find uh, them. Birthday hat for the rest of the day for you, Steve, for Anthony Simons. Is that fair to say? <laughs> I do love it. Uh, love me some Anthony Simons. You guys know Sorry. that. Brian, carry on. It was an important distraction, but you did, you oh, did okay. derail us. But it was important. I'm glad you did. Get yes. back on track. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't let that go unsaid. But basically, it's Damian Lillard currently in like a lunch pail crew of, I think they can retain Josh Hart at $13 million. They've got Keon Johnson, Nas Little, Justice Winslow. Like a, you know, I don't know what they're doing with the team construction, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Um, I can't believe so you haven't our, mentioned my guy, uh, Trendon Watford. Oh, Trendon Watford, of Emerging star. Who, emerging who star. by the way, tweeted recently that he was having trouble finding a house in Portland, Oregon. And Yusuf Nurkic retweeted it with the comment, I might sell my house soon. And then some big eye emojis. So oh, that's wow. also out, <laughs> out there uh, in, wow. in the ether. <laughs> Whether that means he's fine. leaving the team, you, you be the judge. Everything's fine in Portland is the bottom line. So that's yeah, clear a very clear picture of what's going on there. Everything seems very content in the front office, especially. Do either of you trust Bradley Beal or Zach Levine at this point? Like, let's say you've got Mm. the 20th pick or 15th pick with Beal. Like, do you trust Brad Beal anymore? I, I don't have a lot of faith in either guy. I feel like Zach Levine's knees are made of Doritos and Bradley Beal. I, I just, it seems like every year he gets so hyped up and he, he's, he rarely lives up to it. I'm on board with Levine. He had a, that arthroscopic mm. cleanup procedure on his knee. I'm not on board with him in the second round. You won't, you won't find me drafting the second round, but I mean, at a certain point in my draft, I haven't quite figured out where that is. I would draft Levine. I'm not super worried about the knee. I don't think, even though we saw him, you know, fall off a little bit in the second half while he was dealing with that, but I mean, assuming that cleanup procedure, which is being described as pretty minor, uh, went fine. I don't know. I'd be okay with him. <laughs> Matt Beal, has a lot of faith. Why? You're you're more worried about Levine than that? I, I am. I mean, as Steve said, he's got a, a history of knee knee injuries and this latest scope. And, you know, he said he fell off a little bit the second half of last season. That's underselling it somewhat. Yeah, but I mean, struggling for him, he was, st- you know, whatever carry on i interrupted you <laughs> no no i i think i initially interrupted you just because i couldn't believe my ears no i i, I just take the wow. opposite approach i guess i'm i'm more would believe in bradley beal especially steve said the 20th spot i'd take beal at 20 levine you could have him at 40 i, I don't even want that levine at 40 i'll take it and i i'm willing to, i was gonna say before you interrupted me ryan <laughs> Rudely that interrupted. i would i would also you know gamble on beal bouncing back Mm-hmm. And I think that Beal is one of the guys who you can take, get outside of the first round, who could be a fringe first round player. And that's what we're looking for. You know, the, of course, there's a downside. And of course, you know, you have to be concerned about what you saw last year a little bit. But he is still on the south side of 30, I believe. Steve, you got Bradley Beal's birthday in front of you? Don't have it. Steve. Steve's on a party website right now ordering hats and, and party pipes. You had one job, Doc. One job. He'll turn 29 on, on June 28th. 
Yeah, yeah, he's of course. You and I knew that, Ryan. But we oh, it's almost it's that. almost happy Top birthday. My it's almost happy birthday, Brad Beal. June twenty eighth. You just got to be wearing birthday hats for everyone's birthday. I'm Basically, going to get party supplies as soon as we're okay. Done. Okay. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Zach Levine's lack of steals, Matt. I feel like that should be first mm. and foremost in your thinking, more so than his knee. Honestly, uh, you yeah. just don't seem like a Levine guy to me. I I'm love, not buying it. I'm not. I, I want part to see of you me. him. No, I actually love real life. Real life. I love Levine's game offensively. Whatever. There's lots of guys who don't play defense. Mm-hmm. Man, he that guy. His scoring ability is is absolutely legit, and I, I like Levine. I, you know, the steals is really annoying. What was it? 0.6 last year. That's that is really bad for a guy who's on the floor as much as he is and is as athletic as he is so yeah that that is a definite downside but i don't think it'll stop me from drafting him considering what you're getting in you know points assists and threes so efficient scoring too i'll give you that yeah but he had 0.9 stocks per game last year and i i wish i had it pulled up but i i have to imagine that's in like the bottom five percent of qualifying of qualifying or at least top 200 fantasy players Tyler Hero ter- territory as yeah. well, who was, I think, 0. 0.8. It's like super mm-hmm. athletic scorers who cannot translate it into the occasional block or steal is annoying. Uh, so you guys, yeah, you're trying to get me to... We're trying to my flip My grievances you. with Levine's game, that that <laughs> is accurate. More worried okay. about the steals than the knee. I, I'm with you. Okay. i tell you what, I, right. think, uh, I think Ryan should pour milk in his soup and chug it more often because he just came at... He came at Matt Strout pretty hard right there, and I, I was here for it. And I, I loved it. It was so fun. I wasn't expecting it to be Zach Levine that got Ryan so fired up. I didn't. I did not know that Ryan was was so anti Levine. Well, I was taken aback. I thought you were kind of anti Zach Levine, and no. I, yeah, I just, I want nothing to do. But well, clearly that's been that's been clarified. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe we have a Levine, a Levine jersey bet on our horizon. Oh, okay. Okay. In terms of so where he finishes fantasy wise, all right, well, we'll, we'll mull yeah, it. Think about that. Think about your terms. Think about your terms. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, on that note, guys, that's the end of my list. So I'm not. I'm not leaving here until we talk about Pat Riley's push-ups quote. Uh, <laughs> Pat Riley. You have it? Oh yeah, I've actually got that pulled up. Can you believe it? Okay. So he yeah. was asked on Monday uh, if he's going to retire. Yeah. Anytime soon, he's like, "Listen, I'm 77 years old." And right now, I can do more push-ups than you can do right now. Do you want to go to the mat? Let's go. And he was talking yeah. to Ira Winderman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like long time, long time Heat reporter, right? Oh yeah. Was he's like he the, the Udonis Haslam of the of the Heat beat? You is he still to the, the South mat? Florida Sun Sentinel? You want to go to the I mat? Mean, Let's go. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty great, uh, especially when you know the the HBO show, you know Riley's firing up heaters and. And drinking a, a lot of alcohol and, and just being a just being a, a 70s guy, you know, and he, he it's just crazy. He's 77 years old and he's still he's yeah. still out there taking names. And, and he uh, was telling it up. like it is, too, about uh, Kyle Lowry. He said that Kyle Lowry has to address his conditioning going into next season. Quote, the bottom line for me is that as far as hoping you get the most out of a player, you have to be in world-class shape. You just have to be. And that was directly talking about Kyle Lowry. And then Tyler Hero apparently wants to set it to the public that he wants to be a, mm-hmm. a starter. 
And Riley's response to that was come to training camp and win it. Earn Sometimes it. it's that easy. If he yeah, wants to be a yeah. starter, we'll see in October. So yeah, yeah he's just, he's just out a push up contest. Beat me in push up <laughs> yeah. contest and you can start. That's, mm-hmm. that's his terms. The heat need to have some sort of fundraiser and let Riley take his shirt off and get down and, and beat people at doing push ups. And I'd pay, I'd pay big money to go see that. I'd pay big money to see you participate in that, Steve. <laughs> you versus Pat Riley. That's what I want. That's the showdown I'm looking for. Uh, it, it would not last very long. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it would. Uh, it would be swift, pretty painless. Yeah, March twentieth, nineteen forty-five. March twentieth, Pat Riley. Happy seventy-eighth, buddy. Happy retroactive. Happy uh, birthday. Thank you, Steve, for closing it on a birthday. Much appreciated. Yes. You did you did your job? All right. That is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you happen to listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We would appreciate that. Apparently today's Wednesday, so we're back on Friday uh, to talk more uh, about the finals and off-season storylines. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live. I'm off to eat some soup with no milk. Ryan, Steve, thanks to both of you. I'll talk to you soon. Ryan's still got his bowl. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.